Hello skiers and welcome back to another episode of the Big Picture Skiing Podcast. Now today you're in for a treat. You're about to listen to a conversation with Eric Schlopi, myself and a couple of friends that we had in Park City a couple of weeks back. Now for those who don't know, Eric Schlopi is a three-time Olympian, he's a bronze medalist in a world championships and he is multiple national champion, US champion. And so this guy is an incredible skier. If you've ever seen him ski around Park City area, he is fast, he is high edge angles, he is really exciting to watch. But what's amazing about the interview you're about to hear is how technical and how into his equipment setup he is and the experiments he's done over time to get the most out of his boots, bindings and ski setup. You will also find out from Eric what his top three ski drills are becoming a much more masterful skier. So I'm gonna let Eric take over from here. I apologize that the audio is a little bit rough. We sort of weren't expecting to be recording this, but I thought this is just too good of an opportunity to pass up. So I put my iPhone on the table, we started chatting, and the, the rest I'll leave to you to listen, and I'll join you at the end with a bit of a summary. I hope you enjoy this episode and interview with Eric Schlopi. So, before we get to the yeah. other stuff that we tinkered with, yeah. I, obviously I'm going to leave the ski out of it just yeah. because that's a whole other thing. Okay. Um, so binding and plate position. Yeah. So literally millimeters. And then um, with the binding, you know, we'd move, we'd move maybe a centimeter forward or a centimeter back yep. and see if it was if it's faster and then we keep going till it wasn't faster anymore yep. and then bring it back so we might move by like centimeters yes and till, then and, millimeters and then millimeters backwards yeah and find that sweet spot and every ski and every skier is different yeah okay so like you might have been what did you find you was there a bit well, of a trend for you so yeah i'll tell you what the yeah. trend was which is the next the next uh layer up okay so what we found was the binding or plate position was pretty universal all the guys that were on that ski found it to be faster in this one whether it's yeah, forward or back in that one okay. position yeah. you know so, so universal kind of agreement pretty, that was pretty much in, in agreement um, the next layer up was um, of course people don't realize how important bindings are to speed really Every binding is different. And everyone's like, oh, it's just holding your foot in there. But it actually has a relationship with the ski and the skier. Okay. And so bindings, um, binding, like you'll, like even like... Persona, and you're not, you're not talking about even, just, are you talking about weight? No, just no. binding How it manufacturers. Okay. Manufacturers. So yeah. like Christofferson right now, is, he's on Rossi skis, but he's using marker bindings. Yeah. And that, that's for a reason. Yep. Um, guarantee that wasn't an easy process for to, him to be able to, do. to be yeah. doing that yeah. um, so here's what I found with me so you've got you've got three places to lift the heel or the toe so you've got it under the binding so yep. you've got your lifter plates yep then you've got your, your boot boot plates boot plates and then you have your boot board Yep. So you've got the, yeah, the that boot guy. board. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got three different places. All of them make a, a, uh, a have different, diff- difference. Have different outcomes. People think, oh, if I'm just going to raise the heel by a centimeter. Just do it in one of the, the easiest places. Yeah, yeah, but it's not that easy. Yeah. Okay. It could be one of the three. 
Yeah. Or a combination of the three. Okay. So, I found one year uh, in 2001, I was on Nordica boots and atomic skis. No, sorry. Technica boots, atomic skis. Yep. And I raised, under the binding, I actually raised my heel 12 millimeters above my toe. A lot of people are going the opposite way. They call it, they call it a gas pedal. I don't agree with that. I, and that's anat- that might be anatomical. But personally, my thought is, if you want to get forward, you raise your heels, your center of mass goes forward. The, the other opinion is that you raise your heels up and then your butt drops. Yeah. I found that it put me in a position that was really powerful. Do you ha- do you know if you have a longer torso or longer leg? I do. I so have you have a long torso. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Compared yes. to other people, that have long legs, shorter torso. I have, yeah. My in my wingspan, I'm five ten, but my wingspan's six two. Right. So normally it matches with your yeah. with your height. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. My long torso, I have long arms, long and torso, spine. and shorter legs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, yeah, and that's maybe something I'd love to hear what you're finding out. Yeah. That. Yeah. So that was a, that, that was like a really big Like you did that and you went, angle. oh yes, this is so it, much better, or what? It, like it was more the time. I saw it on the times. Yeah. Because feel, my son ski races, and, I t- and I'm like, hey, feel... It's great to have touch. Too much feel can actually work against you because you might you might be fast, like crazy fast, and it feels like crap. Yeah. So one an example of that was the um, look had the art. It was called the RK plate, which was a like a metal plate, and it was like big and heavy, and it felt so bad. But it was so fast. Right. So I won the I won uh, the world championship bronze medal on the arcade plate. Okay. And it didn't it ne- never felt good, but it was always really fast. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. Yep. Okay. Um, so then you've got you know you've got your lifters, and then you've got your boot board. Um, Can you give me an example of someone you knew that was gas pedaling, and that they were faster than that? Do you know? The only people I've heard gas using the gas pedal are juniors. Junior, okay. junior racers. Now, I don't, you know, I've been out of World Cup for 12 years. Yeah. Um, I don't know that anybody used the gas pedal when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried going both ways, and I just found, and I had an extreme uh, rise from heel to toe. Yeah. Um, but I guess, again, we're, we're talking here, everyone doing this, their goal is to just go faster. They may not necessarily feel more control or something. Yeah, I mean, like, you gotta have the control, but it might feel sure. like yeah. rougher. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just and sometimes you're going so fast that you're you're just like making it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and so it doesn't feel good, but you're yeah. just everything's clean. Lot of yeah, power. yeah, okay. Um, and you know, I mean, you're on World Cup. It's injected ice, and yeah. you know, it's just uh, it's hard to feel good. Okay. Um, so I interrupt you. So done the binding plate. Yep. Under the binding place where I found it. Um, yeah. And the other thing that I would say with that is that everything combines with the other thing. Yeah. So whatever I had at the time, the skis, the bindings, the boot, that 12 millimeter uh, 
heel to toe ramp angle might not have worked on a different setup. Sure. So it's almost like on every setup you've got to go through the process. You go through yes, and you can go down the rabbit hole quickly. So yeah, I, I always tell people get your control, your control setup, the the whatever setup you know to currently be your fastest setup. Yep. Try one variable at a time. Yeah. And then add another variable. You know, so yeah. you you get faster through each iteration. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so then moving up on the boot, the, the boot board, and I see this, which I, was really cool. Um, what Eric is referring to here is a carbon insole made by inventor and sprint coach, Adarian Barr. I've been using these insoles for quite a while now, and I really like the effect they have. And you'll learn that what the, the carbon fiber insole is designed to do is something that Schlopi was trying to do via a adaptation or modification to his boot board. The, yeah, like the little the rocket it rocket. Yeah, kind so of what insult. I did what I did with my boot board was Harold Harb. He's yep. out of Colorado. I took my boot boards to it to him and we actually ra- took a router right down the and center then, line. Yep. Of your foot. Of my the, foot. Yep. And then laid in high density rubber. So it it actually did exactly this, but only did it one way. Yeah, so to, the, in, to the big toe side. To, yes, to yeah, the, yeah, to yeah, the yeah, inside yeah, edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as you initiate a turn, as you initiate a turn, the rubber, this is my right foot a making a right footed turn, yeah. compress a little bit, and then engage. Yeah. And what that did was, I always tell, tell people, when you have your, your setup, you want your setup to feel like a dimmer switch as opposed to Snacks, gentlemen. a light switch. switch yeah. On, off, on, off. Yeah. You want to be able to dim, get it bright, get it dim, yeah. bright, dim. Yeah. And that's what that's what that did was allow that. Just so I understand, you put the, what, a strip of rubber here? Yeah, so we routed, we routed it out. Yeah. So no, on the inside. Oh, so it made it squishy so, on the inside. But yes. Not, but firm on the so we lowered the inside along this Yep. Yeah. This line, longitudinal line. Yep. Yeah. And and then we laid in like I don't know if it was one mil or two mil of high density rubber, mm-hmm. and we we messed around with the rubber. Yeah. And like some rubber was too soft. Mm-hmm. Like you wanted it, you wanted it to be hard enough where you had to push on it to compress the rubber. Sure. So it wasn't like fitness room rubber. It yeah. was maybe a little less. Like nice. like a high density foam. Yeah. Like a stiff foam. Yeah, like stiff foam. George and I went and skied with Harold in November. Yeah. Harold's, I I really like Harold. He's, you know, he's a character. He's He's definitely a a ski industry uh, um, figure. Um, All right, next thing, next thing that we messed around with was really punching out the ankle bone on the medial side. Yeah. So Bo- Bodie and I actually, and a couple other guys, no pain on the medial ankle bone. What's it called? The talon? Uh, the medial malleolus. Malleolus. Yeah. yeah. Ma- malleolus. Yeah. The malleolus. Yeah. The malleolus. So yeah. no pain, but we blew it out. So you could get so your shin closer? No. No? Because, so when you go into a turn, yeah. I'm going to do the best I can with my hands, yeah. but... You want your foot 
and your ankle to articulate and push. And tilt, like push sideways, right? Yeah, so you yeah. get more uh, skeletal alignment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So when your ankle is, is straight and you go and you tip the ski over, everything's yeah. going down the center line. And wants you, and, exactly. You know, it does, goes through the buck. base of the ski yeah. and flatten, right? Yeah. And yeah. if you can get your malleole, like that part of your ankle, closer to, to the over, edge, then all of a sudden that pressure is coming down closer to the edge. Yeah, 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 not the base. Yeah, skeletal yeah. strength. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the bones yeah, so are pushing. You, yeah. you, you didn't feel, if you're coming through a right-footed turn on ice, mm-hmm. you didn't feel this, the inside cuff trying to, I mean, trying I mean, to flatten right. it. You wanted it to be going, you wanted to drive right into Yes, yeah, you want it to be going like this as opposed to like like this. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That that's the, one of the recent things I've done through pain, but also realizing it feels better. Yeah, yeah. Is like line it up. Yeah, like I've yeah. got a pretty bony so, malleolus. Yeah. So the foot goes literally like like that yeah. in the boot. Yeah. And, and now then, you can apply pressure. Yeah. So it's going that, here as yeah. opposed to that like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 And this is cool. I mean, it, I. It's another way around the same problem, right? Same, same, yeah. Like exactly. Like, yeah. Except, who, I don't know what it would feel like to have that extra. It almost feels like it would make the ski like hook the uphill ski, like grab too much. But yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, there's something you'd have to. Yeah, like, you'd have, have to feel. Yeah. yeah, it almost seems like a lot. You know, like a lump down the middle. The whole. Of it. The first, the first version of that I got, it was, it came with a strip of carbon that went there. Yeah. Because he knew I was a skier, and he's like, "Well, what?" Like, he he saw ski boots, and he went, "These things are not designed to help you get on the edge. They work against you." He's yeah. like, "Put this in. This will help give you a lever to to tip it over." Who is this guy? Uh, a Darian Bar. He's uh, like an athletics coach, sprint okay. coach, inventor. Um, I mean, it's great to to talk to people like that outside of skiing. Yeah, because that was working the, with a blank canvas. Yep, which exactly. I like. Yeah. yeah, he looks at it with fresh eyes and goes, "Yeah." And yeah, there's a few other things. I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. So, we'll so, go. So, so, so you did that with the yeah. the boot board, but did you you didn't play fore and aft uh, like grind? Yeah, yeah. So you left it pretty. We we were kind of forced to grind the heel down. To kind of compensate a bit for the no, tilted no, we, because of rules. Yeah. So oh. we had a max, a max boot height. Yep, fifty millimeters, fifty-five, whatever it was, I can't remember. But basically, our boot boots had to comply with this standards, mm-hmm. and so they drop a little machine in there. I mean, yeah. guys were wearing footbeds inside their socks, so when they took their feet out, the footbeds weren't. <laughs> yeah, in there. Okay, okay. But then they used to. Then they would start checking okay. your feet. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, it was everything, right? So then... And uh, how much did you have to... Drop. Like, drop to... Yeah, it was a cu- couple mils. I mean, basically... Okay, not... Basically, yeah. we would drop it just to the point where our boot lifters... You know, yeah, when they dropped drop, the plum okay. in there, yeah. it, it was compliant. It was okay. yeah. So we did that to just comply with the rules, and then I worked everything outside as far as the ramp angle. Yep. Um, and then... Uh, you know, I, I'm a big believer in. So I my footbeds used to be a nothing but 
just molded to my feet, but no po no material. No material. Yeah, no yeah. posting. So literally, yeah, no zero. You posting. You could rock that thing. Like if it was on the table, yeah, yeah. back and forth. There was yeah. no zero posting. Yeah. And I actually cut. I liked mine three quarters, so I would. Uh, I actually yeah. cut. Like, the, to the toes were not, or, or the ball, the foot was not on the footbed. Yeah. So. No, just the toes. Just the toes. So okay. just past, you know, where your, the your foot head, turns into heads. It turns into to toes. Toes. Yeah, yeah. I cut that, and then I and then I would grind it down so it had like a smooth transition, mm. and that allowed my toes to be able to move. So I liked a lot of room just from here forward. Yeah. So part of that footbed cutting it was to just create room. Yeah, be able yeah. to let my toes move. Yeah. I like to pull my toes up. Yeah. So that, that engages my anterior tibialis. Yeah. Which gives you ankle yeah. flexion which, you know, keeps you in the yeah. on the front of the boot. So Those toes also actually evert your foot too. That they're, they're evert like yeah. so you can hold it there. So sure. It doesn't, yeah, pull yeah. your pull your pinky toe up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, and then what else? Um, of course we used to grind all of this out so you could get your foot as close over like yeah because when we have edge angles or here the snow would grab grab this part of the boot and make and you'd slide on the yeah boot. yeah so we grind as much as we could without ruining the integrity of the boot to help you with what he's describing here basically if you took a boot on a table and tipped it sideways there's a point at which the boot is going to touch the table as you're going for higher edge angles. So from the outside, they would grind plastic away so the boot could keep tipping further without what's called booting out. And, and not from the inside, from the outside. You would, yeah, 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 because yeah. You, now you're just talking edge angle. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you can see where this, this, yeah, this hits the table, out. like right yeah. there. Yeah. And I wanted to be able to yeah, get to there. Yeah. No, you, you got it, but and you've got a binding plate and a ski, so it gets a yeah. little bit. More. Yeah, but even so, this boot, this boot is, boot is like a race boot. Without grinding, it would probably be here. Okay. And then yeah. after grinding, it's here. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, Did you downsize a lot? No, I upsized. Oh. So I was ten. Well, now like ten and a half now. Yeah. But at the time, it's like ten. Yeah. What um, size boot shell? So I raced for a long time with 25 fives. Yeah. And then um, the Technica guys, Mike Curtis and Bart Tuttle, they had the, for the formula, te Technica formula boot, which was that orange boot. Yep. And that was the boot that honestly, <laughs> Bodie was on it after they, put, they sized me because I was on a Nordica, but it was, it was all messed up. They were like, here, try these. And it was one size bigger than what I was used to using. I went out and took two runs. I'm like, I'm, Done. I'm in. Yeah. yeah. And so that particular boot, um, I was on it. Dane Spencer, uh, Casey Puckett, uh, Bodie, mm -hmm. and a couple other guys. And we went from never scoring, you know, U.S. hadn't scored World Cup points in GS. Yeah. I mean, maybe a handful of points. Yeah. But um, certainly nobody was in the top ten. Two, like all of us were scoring World Cup points. You know, and then, and then I, I got. What do you a think it was about this boot compared to like? It, it Nordica? was power transfer. I mean, my Nordica, my Nordica. So it's a longer story, but okay. the short story is I was making a comeback. Yeah. I didn't have any support from from any factory or the US ski team, so I was on my own. Yep. 
and my boots, nobody was really helping me with my boots. So I had what I had. Yeah. And then the Technica guys, so like, you know, at the time it was Mike Curtis, Bart Tuttle, they were like, hey, come into the trailer, we want to see, you know, just try this new boot out. And then it was like, immediately, I, it was like, immediately I had success. That's what put me on the... How insane is that? Like a boot. Yeah. I mean, we, oh, under, you, we understand now how important yeah. that is, but still. Yes, that's taking it to another level. Yeah. 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 Do you still have those boots? Uh-huh. Yeah. I do. Do you still Not ski them? I do. Really? Yeah, if I go to like a... Um, <laughs> like a, a, a invitation. Fundraising. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll race, bring them. Yeah. And it's yeah. more nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. The Dal- I'm on Dalbello now and I love them. Yeah? yeah. Uh, they're like the most versatile boot Do ever. you feel that is it... Yeah. The, so the newer version? The newer version, the DRS 96. Because I used to be on Dalbello when they first... Yeah, they were that's pretty aggressive. Yeah. And yeah. Just, yeah. Something. I do a lot of work. But the new ones are... They're pretty nice. They're awesome, yeah. Okay. They're the 90, DRS 96, so it's basically the store race boot. And do you, yeah. what, do you, what flex do you ski in? The, high, the 140. Yeah. yeah, like the... Uh, like the uh, don't they do it in soft, Well, that's the, that's hard. the race plug. Oh, okay. You don't so do the... You do the store... I do the store yep. boot yep. because great. I want to be able to ski powder bumps, yep. um, get in gates, make carving turns, and Everything. I use the 140, and honestly, it's very soft for me okay yeah um the plug boots in 92 or 93 last and um not as comfortable yep. and if, if i were racing i would be on that yep but i'm not yep. so i want to be able to do everything yep um so the other thing is too yeah. I, look, I look at the, the characteristics of the plastic and to me this this boot is almost too reactive. At least this, this plastic is. Yeah. You see it just snap into place, and this is better over here. This is closer to what I want to see with this the inner flap. Yeah. So you pull the flap and then you want to see it vibrate and then slowly go right. back into its place. Right. Not yeah. just. So apologies for not having video of this. This this was a last minute decision to record. But so you know, if you had a pair of ski boots and you took the top part of the cuff where there's the overlap, one hand grabbed one side, the other hand grabbed the other side so you could slide your foot in, he's basically taking one side, pulling it away like you're pulling like the back a, a crossbow or like a catapult and then letting go and feeling the reactive qualities of the plastic. Does it snap back like really quickly or does it come back kind of... Uh, like not too fast or when it comes back does it kind of vibrate slowly back into position and so this Fisher boot he was feeling one of the vacuum plastics he felt it was too reactive so it would pull back and then snap back really fast and then not really vibrate and stop it would just snap back and and just be there so this was a really strange but really interesting test that he was doing that I've never seen anyone do before but this is something he does would grab with his boots and would feel it out and he and he likes a particular feel not yeah. return so fast to yeah. home position yeah, this is almost too too reactive yeah. yeah if i had another boot i could show you but yeah. just snap. Okay. i always kind of check the the reaction yeah. of the plastic so you think it's too responsive or too i think this is too responsive like like and carbon that... fiber would be the same yeah. way where it's just oh. like wham. okay like it just like goes right into place I want to see it like when I snap it, it vibrates and then takes like 
four or five seconds to go back into its its home. Yeah, okay. And so, the, like so that, for example, the Dalbellas, you feel that they have that? Yeah, I mean, again, it's we're talking, we're talking racing, you know, World Cup stuff. Yep. Um, That's a 150 plug upper. Yeah. The lower is a 130. Yeah, and it's not, it's not the, it's not the, the stiffness of the plastic. Yeah, it's right. the it's way it the reacts characteristics when, I, of it. when I snap it. Okay. Yeah, and I would say, and personally, like, I mean, I'd have to ski in it, but I would prefer to see this boot take, you know, fibers. And how did you get to, to, you know, like, why did you end up doing that rant? Like, I've never heard of anyone doing that test. This test? Yeah. I don't know. Did it's someone show you that test? After, or were you just like... No, no one showed it to me. I just, like, boots that I like, I, you know, play around with them and yeah. started and snapping them just to see, like, what's the reaction? You know, I think at one the point I had snap a, test. Yeah, I had a boot <laughs> that... So Technica, they had that formula boot. And it was, it truly was maybe the best boot ever made. And, wow. but it had a, it had a flaw. Yeah. And that it would crack right here. Yeah, the fishers. Like that fish, yeah. Yeah, okay. so it would crack. And all the racers, you know, were always like plastic welding them and getting them fixed. And, and, and then Technica, at the time, this was early 2000s, they were like, oh man, like we're gonna, we wanna fix that problem. So instead of creating a new mold to try and fix the problem, they took the mold that was the best boot ever made, and they changed that mold. Uh. <laughs> and then they gave us the new shells. Yeah. They were like a second and a half slower. Wow. Like going from top 10 in the World Cup to not qualify. Yeah. Not and so it was impossible to stay with, with that. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I have like a couple. I gave a couple pairs to some people that really wanted them, but I, I have two shells left uh, of the original, and you can see they they both have the the crack. plastic welding on it. Yeah. Do you think it was still skiing all right with the crack? Well, I mean, it, it had it was too soft. If you didn't fix the crack, it would just keep going. Cra- okay. So yeah. we would drill out the crack. Yeah, yeah. Just to survive. Yeah. And then we'd go get a plastic weld, and then that would crack. So I mean, you know, yeah, just continually fixing it. Yeah. It. Yeah, but I mean, mm-hmm. who cares? You know, you can at least still build new ones. Yeah. I mean, now they can't. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, I'm sure there was other things, but that was. That's kind of the overview. What about like forward lean? Would you? Mm. Were a lot of the race boots already set up pretty much? Pretty race good with boots that? were what they were. Yeah, yeah. So we would mess with, like, with shims. Shim, yeah, yeah, and yeah, that was spoilers. very personal. Yeah, probably um, more to do with your calf size yeah. and that sort of stuff. Yeah. What actually, what I did with, um, with those Technica boots, which nobody's done since, which I loved, was. Um, Instead of having a power strap, we took a roller blade buckle and put it on the liner. So we buckle our boots and then we just had a ratchet yep. roller blade buckle yep. for the liner to cinch the liner down. Yep. So it didn't change because with the power straps, and you'd get, this was pre-booster, right? Yep. So the power straps would go here and it would actually lock you to the back of the boot. Yeah. So with just cinching the, the liner... liner then you had the freedom. Yeah, to actually move yeah. within the cuff a yeah. little bit to adjust oh, that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you have a certain amount, I mean, like we do in, in rec boots, a certain amount of 
4F range of motion with the liner inside the plastic that you set based on the conditions? Or did you just... Like, do you crank the crap tight? out of your buckles, or do you leave a little bit of play? Um, or is that I would discipline say, dependent? I'd say a little bit of play, but very, yeah, yeah. very little. Yeah. Yeah. But, but not cinch. You like a little bit. Yeah, play. I didn't like yeah. to like cut yeah. my circulation off. Um, yeah. But... You, know, you yeah. see any racer skiing and they unbuckle their... I mean, to yeah. this day, I'm like, my boots have to be tight enough where I have to unbuckle them at the end of every run. Yeah. If I want to enjoy my run down. <laughs> so, <laughs> how do you go skiing bumps? How do I... How do I like, like personally boots? rate yourself oh. like skiing bumps? No, do you I, think I mean, you're a good bump I'm skier? I'm 50 now, so yeah. like, I, I mean, unless they're really soft bumps, I don't love them. I would say when I was a junior, you know, in my teens yep. and twenties. Um, I mean, of course, you got to give props to the, the World Cup guys, uh, the World Cup freestylers. But I felt like, I, from a racer standpoint, I was a very good bump skier. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of them not right because they're too edgy and. Yeah, I mean, with the right skis and stuff. Yeah. I mean, now it's harder because um, back then all the skis were pretty narrow. Yeah. So now, like, if I'm out there on my kendos, they're 90 wide. Yeah. So I'm skiing, like, all mountain. I can carve on the groomers. I can get off piece. But you get in the bumps, and and now they're so wide, it's hard to have a quick edge transfer. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it's not the feeling I want in bumps, but I'm not going to, like, have a pair of bump skis at yeah. this point. But the challenge now for rec skiers is that all the skis are so wide that their edge transfer in the bumps it's impossible to be as quick as you can yeah. with, you know. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah the bumps, the pro bump skiers or the Olympic bump skiers, you know, they're, yeah. they're like 60. Or, yeah. You know, really they're, they're narrower yeah. than a race ski. Yeah. And they have no side cut, so they just, yeah. Bah, 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 yeah. you know, so quick. Yeah. Edge to edge, and I'm sure that I would love to ski bumps on their skis. If you're serious about stepping up your skiing skills, listen up. I've been working closely with the Carve team for over four years and they've just unveiled a groundbreaking feature, Active Coaching Mode. And here's the lowdown. Launch it at the top of your run and go through a quick calibration with 10 turns and it sets a baseline just below your current skill level. From there, every turn is a challenge, adapting on the fly to your skill, terrain and conditions. No fluff, just a gamified experience pushing you to ski better every turn. It does this by using a super thin insole lined with small pressure sensors and motion detectors. It's like having a personal coach analyzing your every move. And here's the sweet part. If you hit a hot streak with excellent form and you're in for double or triple points, it's addictive, rewarding. Like I said, it's a very gamified experience and it transforms every run into a step towards better skiing. If you're intrigued, and you should be, check out Carve and dive into active coaching mode. Just Google Get Carve to find out more and as a bonus, enter code GELLY15 to take 15% off. It's amazing. I've heard from the Carve team that now nearly over a third of the users are using active coaching mode when they go out and ski with it. So why not give it a try yourself? It's funny when because George was, he got Yeah, we were looking. He was in the back oh, of the yeah. car. Yeah, the I brought them out today because we're, yeah, they're, they're, but I, so ID1 is a company that makes just bump skis. Pretty much what all the world does. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's Mike Page. Is yeah, yeah, Mike Page, yeah. And Nick yeah. Page is exactly. his son. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was surprised. I was looking at it and I was like, wow. 
wow, that's like 55 or something. Yeah. It was like really narrow. But, if but you yeah. want to ski bumps well, you've got to have a quick head. And then, and then he said he got a message from Hannah Kearney saying, look, tips are shorter poles, narrow skis. Yeah. That's all he's, you know, like, so. Exactly. So yeah, my right poles are too long, my yeah. skis are too wide to yeah. ski bumps the way I want to. Yeah. But I live with it. Yeah. And yeah. Just because you want to ski the pole mountain. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'll just make it work. And I still love to ski bumps and. But you know, it back in the '80s and early '90s, like I, I could hammer bumps pretty good. So what? Minus the aerials. Part. So you know, the first time <laughs> I heard your like, like your name referred to was like, in uh, in like a ski drill, a slopey drill. Yeah, which is what? done wrong all around the world. Okay, tell <laughs> yeah. tell me about that. So maybe you can maybe you can. I can like, write it. Yes. Maybe we can write the, the wrong slopey drill in Australia or anyway. Yeah, through your website, you will correct the mis. Conception. Yeah, yeah. Of the slope. So drill. two things with the slope drill. I got to stand up. Okay. For this, but yeah. So the way everybody does it is Can you like film this? you know what a teapot is, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's just like this. That's a teapot. <laughs> yeah. And it's almost getting outdated because now you know the racers are trying not to collapse their hip. They want to stay more square. Square. Yeah. And so. I've heard like, oh, the slopey drill is outdated, but I'm like, no, the slopey drill is not a hip, a hip angulation drill. This was absolutely fascinating to hear because through my instructor training over the years, this drill to me was taught as a hip angulation drill. And when you see a lot of people do it, this is what it looks like they're working on. So it's quite fascinating to hear from the person that, you know, the drill is named after is saying that people are actually getting this drill wrong. Uh-huh. It's an extension drill. Okay. So, if you look at a shot putter, yeah. you know they they they've got their shot here. Yeah. And they wind up into compression. When they extend, their power is coming from the legs, but the arm and the leg are following in up. sync. Yeah. 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 So, the slopey drill is an extension drill, and the way it used to be was yeah. you'd start with your arm here, and you'd start the turn. And you'd extend through the turn with your arm and your leg together. Uh huh. Because most people are stagnant. Yeah, yeah, totally. And most people, you know, like just a really dump good in skier, with, but, but don't extend the leg, right? Yeah, they'll yeah. get lots of angles. Yeah. But they, but they actually, if you watch them in slow mo, you're like, totally. hey, that looks great. But you're gonna literally make it two gates on a World Cup. Yeah, yeah. So you need to extend backseat. through the turn for that power, or at least hold your ground. So the slopey drill is it's meant to have drill. an extension. Okay. I was talking to somebody. They were like, actually, you should do it with the outside arm. But I'm like, I, you know, I've got to try it. Yeah. But it feels like it would make you actually Rotate go more, than, more than yeah. square. Yeah. But the slopey so drill. So with, with your inside arm, what would you do with it? Would I you, so a lot like of people up? just go up. Yeah. But it's actually more like. Like into the center of the arc kind of thing? Yeah. Center yeah. of the arc. But like I would say just like. A little bit more Somewhere in between. Okay. Up and parallel. So you're not inside, hill. right? But you're not. Is that yeah? You got to yeah. wear that perfect. Yeah, you don't go like that. In. Yeah, it's and not more like this. You yeah. Know? So yeah. Again, okay. like if you were to extend it like that, you'd be dropping the hip. So it's more projecting yeah. your body. But the the outcome you want is to feel an extension. extension. Yeah. It's so funny because that's that's probably the most recent thing with uh, like because I'm coaching online, mm-hmm. right, and creating videos online to help people with this, that's where I've come up with, I'm like, wow, like all these other things are going well, but I haven't told people about extension, and everyone is doing these things, but, but their outside leg stays bent, 
or get shorter or get shorter yeah yeah, yeah. and they right. and, and they no there's no strength and they can't really develop more like progressive edge angle and yeah so that's really extent, extension slope drill is an extension drill it is yeah How, where did it get like i would I honestly I, ha- I have like 20 drills that are slopey drills but they're all totally different and weird so what okay what's your top three drills if you were like okay I I need to race Bodie Miller again I want to kick his ass well yeah he he had no chance today (laughs) (laughs) what would be the top three drills you would do to get yourself back like feeling good um well I'm going to give you the top three drills in my mind for anybody yeah especially like if you look for me, I'm always thinking, like, future for U.S. skiers, right? Yeah, yeah. What do U.S. skiers need to do more of? Yeah. Because it works for everybody. Yeah. Number one drill, Yeah. one ski. Yeah, we were just talking about We were just talking about that today. Yeah. One ski drill does everything. So how about that? Eric Schlopey saying the number one drill, if you want to get good at skiing, is take one ski off and ski on one ski. And my co-coach Sam and I couldn't agree more with this sentence. I mean, if you really want to find the flaws in your skiing, your balance, your edging, timing, all that sort of stuff, one ski skiing will bring that all to the forefront and you will really learn how to build things up from the basics. And if you're interested in learning how to do the one ski skiing drill, my co-coach Sam teaches Emma, a real-life student, how to do the drill on bigpictureskiing.com. You just need to go to the video library and search Advanced Carving and you'll see a series and then one of the steps, he teaches her this drill, the ins and outs of it, and you see her skiing get rapidly better. She comments how much easier it is to feel and notice what's going on on both skis. Yeah. Like take one ski off, right? Take one ski yeah. off, leave it at the yeah. bottom. Yep. Yeah. Or whatever, yeah. have someone carry it for yeah. you. But start on like, you know, easy terrain, move Success. up. And, and get to the point where you can carve turns on one ski and you could put a piece of paper on the video and you couldn't tell that person was, was on, on one ski. ski. Yeah. Because, totally first of all, you can't, you can't execute it unless you're right on the front of the boot. Yeah. You can't lean in. Yep. Yeah. You actually have to have snow contact. Mm-hmm. It makes you have a solid upper body. Yep. So, I mean, honestly, yeah. like one ski is... You'll find out all your the, dark demon problems. Yeah, right away. And, very yep. Yeah, very and then, good. And, yeah. you know, and it takes people... I mean, some people will never master it, but yep. like a junior skier... We go on first time, you know, Bunny Hill, in, until I see a kid. I'm just going to say my son. Yep. Yeah. Until he can carve. And then we'll go up and try it on a little bit harder train. In the beginning, won't be carving, but then carving. Slowly then, so you slowly, it. Yeah, yeah. slowly get to the point where, like even on the World Cup, I do one ski drill and try and make perfect carves down like a black top. You know, so. Yeah. To me, the one ski drill is the master. That's the king. Yeah. That's the king of drills. Yeah. yeah. Um, other drills that I really like are... Um, uh, the slopey drill, to me, is a good drill, but you actually have to be very advanced. Yeah, it's for when you get into the point where you need that extension, right? Yeah. Like, you're, you're carving. Yeah. Yeah. You're carving, and you should do it on, like, easy to medium terrain. Um, and yeah. I, I don't even introduce that one until somebody's, like, a, a pretty strong racer yep um but one that i really like is um edgy wedgies yeah so basically snow plowing yeah and you're just going back and forth yeah. to the outside ski <laughs> so and, and you can and you can feel it engage like a crab walk 
Well, crab walks are, a little, in my mind, yeah. crab walks are on a fire road. Yeah. Like a cat, a cat track. track. Yeah. And you lift your leg up and you just put the ski down. Oh, and which it starts to carve. Okay. So it goes from carve to carve. So when okay. you put it down, it's already like on the engaging edge. the yeah. side. Yeah. The one you're talking about, right, is like skidded, is, yeah. too hard edge. Yeah. yeah, and you really feel that like, dish, dish, like. Yeah, but but. Yeah. Contrary to like a really hard edge, I want to see somebody be able to get early pressure and yeah. even pressure. Yeah. So it's like. You know, so you you can see so people do edge and wedges, pr- and it, they would jam it if their pressure's late. Yeah, okay. So I want to see people actually get understand to be able to, to get the ski to engage above above the apex. Yeah, above yeah, yeah. And yeah. then and then build into the apex. And then build into the apex, and yeah. it's okay to smear the turns a little bit. They don't have to be carves. Yeah. So it's just where the pressure is. Okay. And. I tried this drill actually with uh, Iceman, yeah. the group I had yeah. one day. Nobody could do it. Yeah, they were all like, "What? What? I don't, I don't get this. How are you doing that?" And I'm like, "It's just a snowplow." But you have to understand that, like, here's the timing of the pressure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, did you persist? And did they kind of get it? Well, they loved it because all of a sudden these guys were like, "Oh, wait oh. a second. We're missing something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a yeah. really easy thing to, to do. Yeah. One ski is tougher because you need someone to carry it or leave it at the bottom. And yeah. People can be self-conscious about yeah. it. Edgy wedges, you can just do kind of anywhere on your own. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. I would typically warm up, even on a World Cup, like racing World Cup, I'd warm up my first run, edgy, edgy wedges. Yeah. yeah. And then just slowly go into turns. Love it. Um, That's so cool. So... And then, honestly, I, I spent... What about, can I ask, like, upper body discipline? Like, pole drip? Like, yeah. What do you think about? That one's, that one's interesting. I did that a lot of, as a kid. Yeah. Um, I think um, some people can get really stagnant with that. Yeah. Because even though, you know, you want your leg to extend, your body kind of works in harmony. Yeah. With your, your upper body works in harmony with your legs. And so there is movement there to yep. really, like... Like kind of so there's like those movements. There's together. maybe a point where it's like you're not flailing, you you quieten it down, yeah, and then you can maybe work in the harmony, yeah, and sync, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so like I mean, if I sorry to interrupt, but like like Alice Robinson, wouldn't you say she's really got that? She's doing nicely. something that she's trying something. In my opinion, yeah, she's a very extreme. She's trying to get that like square, like a running, like whoa. Yeah, and she's like punches up into the air to try and get her ski to come through and square up. Yeah, I think she needs to calm that down. Okay, and do that in the right places. Mm-hmm. When she's on, yeah, she's the most dynamic. Yeah, skier out there. Yeah, but she's like overdoing, overdoing it. it. She yeah. can just like pick her spots on the course when she uses that like fist probably that, less steep right like yeah less you want steep to generate, yeah. and you know maybe a little less aggressive with that movement yeah because that movement is making it hard for her to keep snow contact so she'll fly off the snow yeah. lose five feet of line and yeah. then all of a sudden she's way behind yeah and but i do love the way she skis when she's on yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a big fan yeah um and it looked to me like her setup wasn't right in in China, yeah, yeah. So on that, what do you what do you think? Do you have an opinion on why so many people blew out? Yeah, because they're because 
they'd never skied on that kind of snow. artificial snow in China. And not all artificial snow is made equally. Yeah. You've got pH levels, you've got humidity, you've got temperatures, you've got I mean, yeah. all those yeah. mixed together. And for the most part, in Scandinavia and the U.S. and Europe, the man-made snow kind of, you know, they all, they're all a little bit different. different yeah. But we, we know all three feels to the, those three regions. But China, no, like we no, didn't have, yeah, no didn't have a test event. Yeah. You know, they just, they were... So just not, you, they're doing what they usually do on other snow that works. Yeah. They're doing it here and, and it just it doesn't work. It wasn't working. Just not so working, who knows so, yeah. what does because there just yeah. hasn't been enough world-class skiers yeah. testing stuff out. What did you think? Did you, like... Did you think his, I thought Sarah Hector's run was pretty oh, yeah. unbelievable? Insane, yeah. How would you describe if someone's like, why? Why was she better than say, like even number ten or or even Federica? Like, well, I think. I mean, honestly, I think um, in China it was it all came down to who could figure out the snow fastest. Okay. You got 10, 10 or fifteen people who could win that race. Yeah. And you know, three of them really figured out the snow. Yeah quickly yeah or by luck who knows mm -hmm. um and the other 12 look like they you know they were way off their 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 mark yeah yeah. yeah yeah and yeah. same with the same with the guys have um, you skied in china i haven't i've no. heard a friend a friend a couple of friends have gone over one guy who's like a junior on the australian team and he said it is very tiring like it is hard but extremely grippy yeah and so like to me it looked like like these people had this kind of false confidence of like, whoa, this is really grippy. I can just go way in, and then there's this point, then and, they, and then they, did, they yeah. all slid out on their side. I mean, you saw um, yeah. Odermatt in the Super G. I mean, he he almost like totally ate shit. Yeah, and he pulled it off, and he he was yeah. fine. Yeah. But you saw him like come around the turn, and all of a sudden just grabbed, and he almost he almost went high yeah. side yeah. Yeah. In, into the fences. Um, he, he made a great recovery, yeah. but. Yeah, you could see that it just the, their setups weren't comfortable for them. Yeah, at least the majority of the yeah. racers. What was like the biggest? Like, do you recall one of the biggest breakthroughs in your skiing? Like, you you ski, like maybe it was like junior or something. You like, and then someone said, "Hey, you know what you're forgetting is, or why don't you try this?" Or yeah, so I mean, obviously, long period of time there, so. 18 years on the World Cup, but started racing when I was like four. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was really <laughs> racing when I was like nine or 10. But the one that stands out, like just like right right now, yeah. um, was second World Cup stint. Um, we were training in Hintertooks, and the coaches set what's called an apex drill. So two GS panels, two GS panels, two GS panels. So they're you know, two GS panels down the Dental fall line. line. Yeah. And the key is, is that you, you have to look at it, the apex in the middle of those two. Yeah, like the gate is actually in the middle of the two. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you, so it was really good for understanding the line, mm -hmm. but it was on easy terrain. So I could pretty much tuck turn everything. And when I was tuck turning in the apex drill, is when I realized that I could actually focus on my extension. So I was in my tuck, yep. took my upper body out of it. Yep. Not a low tuck, a high tuck. Yep. But I was really feeling my, ski, feeling my skis and feeling that extension through the apex. 
and all of a sudden... So timing-wise, let's just check this. The timing-wise, the extension is... So if we've got the two panels, the, the high panel and the lower panel, Yeah. where was the extension you're feeling it start? Well, easiest to draw it out, but let's yeah. just say you've got the rise line. Yeah, the right. Yeah. So I'm transferring to the new ski. Yep. And I've got flexion in my leg. Yep. So you're not extended and yet. Yeah. So yep. I'm not extended yet, but I have flexion. A lot of yep. people start the term with too much extension. extension. Yeah. So they have nowhere to go but down. Yeah. And, yep. and getting smaller. Yep. So I'm, I'm flexed. Like, I'm like flexed up, and then right. Right after my edge, I create that platform. I'm extending through the turn. Yep. Extension still starts. Above the fall line. Still above the fall yeah. line. Yeah. And that extension starts. And did you feel like it kind of went, it wasn't like extend, done? No, it was, it was the, like extension. Through the whole way. Yeah. Yeah. And then compression yeah. to start the next turn. Yep. So, um, what do they call it? Like the French term? Yeah, avalement. Avalement. Yeah. And yeah, you really felt that. Swallow. Yeah. So you like extending and then swallowing and then yeah. starting it over again. Yeah. In in so I was in Canada for all of January, and that's one drill we uh, learn to teach, like to help people carve better in Australia, is like the extension and traction drill, and you yeah. really exaggerate it. Yeah. And I went back and I was teaching some people about it, and I had some epiphanies of of it. And straight after doing like three days of it, skied this black pitch and someone videoed it. And I definitely felt and can see that like the best long turns I've made. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was, and I like, it's so funny you talking about the extension thing. That's the, like the biggest thing I've felt and I am really trying to refine and work on. And it's hard, right? It's like a time, like sometimes you get it oh, right and the timing yeah. and yeah, you got to be yeah. in sync with the fall line. Yeah, and you've, and, and you've got to be also like dropping as you're extending. Like cause some people like you extend, but you're not increasing edge angle, mm-hmm. right? So it's like this kind of feeling of, yeah, but that's just, yeah, interesting. So you felt that. Yeah. And, and in the tuck was almost easier because you didn't feel like your arms yeah, were locked out. Yeah, simplified it. Yeah. So all of a sudden, it just became from my my torso down, feeling that. Yeah. And and so you know, again with my son, a lot of times we'll I'll just be like, hey, just get in your t- high tuck. Yeah. And I want to see what your feet and your your legs are mm-hmm. doing. Take everything out of it except yeah. for your what your legs are doing. And so you did that, and then did you start getting better results too? Like yeah. So that was the season where so I ended up you know third third in the world cup standings that uh that year no way um and that so that was part of that breakthrough yeah. and so say like say you get so you that you can do that think about that in training but in a world cup like are you are you actually thinking like at the top you go remember like try and feel the extension or or like no i mean world cup i mean you you don't go full autopilot but yeah I mean, you you have what you have, but I would have. I would actually write down on a three by five card two focus points, and then I would consider the uh, even a World Cup. I consider it training in a race environment. So yeah, my you know I'm just training. Yep, just trying to get better. Yep, and it's in a race environment. I have a bib on. There's people here, but um, yeah, but I'm going to simplify today. It's not going to be like a discovery session. Yeah. But it's going to be very simple. Two, two focus points. 
and uh, and so I'd actually keep that with me, like in my suit or mm-hmm. my helmet. Mm-hmm. And then if I got nervous, I, you know, like would start to feel like I was wandering a little yeah. bit with my mind. I'd just pull it out and be yeah. like, yeah, it's easy. It's easy. Yeah. Just two two points. Are you are you good at other sports too? Um, like it's okay to be to be you know on yourself. Like like do you like if, if you? I think skiers in general. Yeah. Per, my personal Person, opinion. Yeah. Good skiers. Yeah, well, you skiers. take you take the World Cup okay, World yep. Cup skiers. I think we're I think World Cup skiers are the most versatile athletes in the world. Yeah, and, and there's some there is some fact to back that up. If you so the remember the superstars competition. Yeah, yeah. So you'd have guys from football and hockey and basketball, boxers, you know, all these amazing sports, athletes, and yeah. you'd have skiers. Yeah. And then they would do this event, like over 10 events. You'd have like sprinting, weightlifting, rock climbing, kayaking, uh, biking. Every time a skier was in there, they would win. Yeah, okay. And so, like, and if there were two skiers, they'd be first and second. So, like, Herman (laughs) Meyer and Bodie Miller battling out to win the superstars. But in the meantime, you had NFL all pros, NBA all pros, NHL all pros. So, you had, you know, every time a skier, Ingemar Stenmark won it, the mayors won it, Bodie Miller won it. Um, And so, you know, and I think, yeah, I think yeah, ski that's pretty interesting. And, yeah. and I would put myself in that. So, like growing up, being versatile. Uh, did you did you have did your parents give you versatility in terms of like you weren't just skiing all the time? Were you oh doing, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, you so played tennis and I played tennis. I yeah. um, I played soccer. I skateboarded. I BMX raced. Yeah. Um, I did track and field in high school just for fun, but still yep. did it. Um, you know, um, now, I, you know, mountain biking comes naturally. Uh, hockey, picked up hockey when I was 40. That, you know, was pretty natural with yep. the edge angles and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I can surf pretty well. Yeah. I can water ski. Yeah. Um, you know, all, I think, at a, at a good level. Yeah. Um, do you remember any of those sports you like you kind of like maybe in a summertime you made a breakthrough in that sport and you went oh you know what I reckon that could I could apply that to skiing did that ever happen honestly the only sport that I felt like I wish I did more of when I was a kid was hockey yeah because the generation of speed is the same yeah you have to Mm -hmm. extend I tell people Pretend you're on ice skates. Yeah. How are you going to go forward on skates? Yeah. You can't go. Can't go like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have, have to. Extend. You have yeah. to extend. Your and you have leg. to put the ski in the Speed right place. Skaters, so watch extend, how much they go. like they load up and they extend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wish I had more exposure to hockey as a kid, mm-hmm. or at least skating in general. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, I think it was more. I just enjoyed doing as many different sports as I could yeah. as long as they weren't uh, have you taken that with endurance your endurance sports with your son <laughs> okay yeah okay I, you know he's played he's played everything um, I've tried to get him to play more yeah and um, he's a little little hesitant but he's got great balance like he can pick stuff up yeah um, actually the other the other sport which translates really well is motocross 
So you look at like the mayors, Darren Rawls, they were like incredible motocross riders. Line, balance, yeah. Yeah. Here's her, same thing? Yeah. Yeah, so it just translates. And so actually, not because of this, but because I actually like to ride motocross, um, my son and I, we got motocross bikes, so we're going to do that this summer. Cool. Just, it's for the adventure and, you know, just getting out on trails. But I also am like, this is going to be good for you. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, yeah, it's all about yeah. balance and line, and yeah, you know. So, and how's he? How's he going? Like, how do you see his progression? He's doing. He's doing awesome. Slalom is great. Um, do you look at him and like? Are there things you see that he's maybe like? Re- you're like, yes. Yeah, when he skis slalom. Yeah, I mean he's 14. Yeah, um, but when he skis slalom, I'm like, I actually wish I had skied slalom like that. I mean, yeah. I had, I had top five World Cup slaloms. Yeah. But you but like the way his he style skis is the way I wish I could ski. Yeah. What yeah. What is it in that? What do you say? The way he stands, yeah. and he's just he's just tall and strong and on the gate. Yep. And it's just it, it like consistent. Yeah. You know, again, he's fourteen. He's grown a foot. He's six feet tall. He, what? He's grown, really? He's grown a foot in the last year and a half. Wow. So he, I think it's that's like a, a challenge. Then has and. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think he's. You know, it's just based on me. Okay. Yeah. His mom. He's not going to be six seven. But, yeah. but, in my mind, maybe he's got another couple inches to grow. Yeah. But that's good because now he can catch up to a center of mass. Yeah. yeah. His center of mass right now is so far off of where it was. Yeah. Right. That it's confusing. Changed. Figure it out. Yeah. And especially in giants long. So mm-hmm. super G. He's, you can see he's got the time, and, and he, he can figure that out in slalom. Same thing. You yeah. don't have time, but it, yeah. the way the center mass works, GS is where he's struggling, I think, because of the center mass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's 130 pounds. So he's, as he gets muscle mass on, yeah, he'll yeah. be able to just get so much more force in the ski. But. And how much do you feel like you're in... Like, has he got a coach, or are you his coach? Or like no, he's got a great coach, um, Chris Brigham, who was actually one of my coaches on the ski team. Oh. So he coached the U.S. ski team for 15-plus, maybe 20 years. But how about, like, because, like, people get to this point, right? And to get to that point, like, how much do you feel, like, did you guys do a lot of free skiing when he was younger? Like, when he's, like, six, Yeah, well, seven, he got eight, a late nine. start. So he, okay. he just last year committed to ski racing. Before then, he was only ever part-time. Yeah. And we actually even had one year. We lived in Spain. He only skied five days the whole year. Um, so, yes, now when I get the ability to or have the opportunity to ski with him, we go free skiing just because I want him to ski the mountain. I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Eric. I found this so fascinating. Like, in fact, that evening, I only slept two and a half hours because I was just so wired from all the information and ideas running through my head from chatting with Eric. Now on that topic, if you haven't checked out my website, bigpictureskiing.com, I invite you to go over there and have a look. There's a seven-day free trial. I've got hundreds of videos on all sorts of different topics, biomechanics, short turns, moguls, carving, everything, conditioning, off-season training, all that sort of stuff. And I basically download every bit of information I get through these experiences, training, uh, opportunities to chat with some of the world's best 
so I can help pass that on to you so you can also improve and feel your skiing keep getting better year after year. So let's get back to the chat with Eric. We're just actually talking now about one ski skiing again and the fact that Eric does this at the start of every season. I do it. Um, I do it every year. Oh, you do? Uh-huh. I mean, because if I, if I do it with kids or a group of kids, yeah. then I do it. Because I actually want to show them. Do you do it at Puxy or D Valley? Mm. Wherever. Wherever. What sort of terrain usually? I mean, if I'm with kids and they're starting to start, then beginning. But wherever we are. And then I'll show them the progression of like, um, you know, with the terrain. But then you go back to the easy terrain and you no poles. Yeah. So then you get rid of your poles. Yeah. And... Then you can unbuckle your boots. Yeah, you just so, keep adding layers. To yeah. It. yeah, and actually, that's a that's another drill. Is just skiing with your boots unbuckled. Yeah, totally. Be- agree because with that. if you're in the sweet spot, you don't need your boots. Ski- yeah, you don't need them. Yeah, it's just straight down through yeah. your through your ankle and yeah. your foot. And um, so, you know, sometimes all people unbuckle their boots, and it's got to be like once you get into like choppy terrain or something you kind of do need your boots yeah. you're constantly adjusting but yeah yeah um, it was pretty smooth pretty yeah. smooth terrain yeah yeah but yeah. you should be able to make like perfect arcs with your boots unbuckled so like at the like you ski today do you still like think about your skiing oh yeah like you i love, once i love skiing okay like today what were you thinking about well, today was like off-piece stuff, and um, but, but even so, like in the off-piece, like what what like helped or like you're like, oh yeah, if I do this, that's actually just... the the album. Yeah, okay, extension, so, retraction. Yeah, but yeah. but it's not you know, like there's not so much time to build up that like GS turn feel. Sure. But like really like finishing the turn in in mogul like powder moguls. Yep. And actually like really coming Sucking back to the, the front of my boot yep. and like being quick mm-hmm. and um, yeah that's what I was thinking about today yep. but if I'm out there carving like you know just ripping groomers yep. then, I, then I'm like I really want to make perfect GS turns you know and be like oh yeah I, that's as good as I could have made it yep. back when in I was in the, the World Cup yep. you know, With, obviously I'm not as, nearly as strong or you know and when you that, but when you make a turn, do you feel you're pretty much entirely on your outside ski? I mean, it depends on the terrain. Uh-huh. The steeper it is, yes. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, yes. Yeah. That inside ski's on the ground. Sure. Yeah. It's yeah. Tracking. Yeah. Yeah. You're feeling it. You're yeah. controlling it. Yeah. But all like. like Pressure all to the outside. Yeah. 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 Like I was just today was riding up the lift and telling someone about that like you know you just have to be like just 100% on your outside ski and like we're riding up the lift and I'm like look that person's not that person's not that person it was like an intermediate area <laughs> right, yeah. that person's not this, we didn't see one person actually like, at all like, yeah. like even close to it yeah and they're all just skidding everywhere and so that's actually another drill that's really good it's such an old school simple drill just lift the inside lift ski lift the inside ski yeah and it actually makes you complete the turn yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people they don't complete the turn. No, totally right. They yeah, they so put the inside ski down right when you should be really on the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they just let the let the they straighten out the skis. Yeah, they don't. And this is something like for my son. Yeah. He's in gates and he's not getting all the juice out of it, all the energy he can out of the ski. Yeah. He lets he completes right the turn. Right when the juice is coming. Yeah. Yeah. And then he lets off. 
And then the dead zone. Yeah. In between transi tra transitioning Turns, edges. Yeah. yeah. Becomes really long. Uh -huh. And he'll start the turn because he has nothing else to do. To so do, he'll yeah. start the turn and then instinctively he knows that he's going to put his body through the panel. Right. Then he's then got to skid it sideways. Skid it sideways now, yeah. and now he knows he's going to put his head through the panel. <laughs> <laughs> so then, actually, the skis correct back. Yeah. And then he goes down, and then he has to hammer so all hard. below the gate, yeah. and then it just turns into this like choppy, like low pressure. Yeah. And then, then he's low and like yeah, and you've got no pressure momentum to <laughs> take the next. Time. Yeah. That's not going to fly all part out of there. The so you were like seeing that, you'd yeah. be like right. Maybe that'd yeah. Like you, you could literally just do one ski, like that outside ski, lift the inside so ski. So drill is lift the outside ski till inside the, ski. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And lift the inside ski till yeah. the, the turn. You feel all the juice out of the ski, and then you put then, the new one down. Lift the, the inside up. And yeah. Do the same thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's so it's such an old school drill. Yeah, but like, but it, for a good reason. Yes. Yeah. Because it still just works. makes your skiing better. Yeah. yeah. If you do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, I have a, I mean, other like just fun play around drills because my other concept is you have to be the best possible athlete you can be on your skis. So, like jumping, like jumping, like just do it. Yeah, yeah pushing the limits around. of them. Yeah. yeah, Glenn Plake's favorite um, um, drill is called the Charleston, where you're like the way you like lift your skis. Mm -hmm. I'd have to. Like, no, I know the Charleston. Yeah, yeah, good to, to, yeah. yeah, like. And it's one. just a, it's just be a better athlete. Yeah. yeah. On your skis. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hop turns mm -hmm. down the steepest thing you can find. How many hop turns can you do in in yeah, that area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Short space, do lots. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. and then I mean, when I was little in Buffalo, we did a lot of hop turns, and you know, at ten years old, I, if it was relatively easy slope I could actually do hop turns up the hill so I actually that's a drill that's a drill I think that's actually pr pretty important yeah I remember showing that or just being in a snow plow on a really gentle slope and can you like 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 jump Back. up backwards up the hill off the edge yeah right because then you're in alignment to be able to really be strong to deal with pressure trying to push you down the hill yep. so you can deflect the same concept is um is actually no poles skating uphill. Same thing as like speed Not skating backwards, right. skating up. Yes, yeah, like yeah, literally yeah. just pointing your skis up the hill. Yeah. Yep. And Trans it's not a steep hill, but skate you know, up. Like if I was a coach, a junior coach, at the end of every practice, I would have everybody I'd have a relay race up and around a, a gate yeah. that's 20 yards or 50 yards up the hill. And just be like, go, and then you know, up, 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 and then around the gate, and then and then you skate down, tag off, you know, even silly stuff like playing foot, you know, snow football with skis, with skis on, on. Yeah. in a field, yeah, in a field, <laughs> yeah, and as you yeah. just get comfortable, yeah, actually creating energy with this equipment, a big long piece of wood on your foot, yeah. 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 and like hopping around and this and that like I literally would just be like let's groom out this field we'll make two goals and we're going to play rugby or football on skis yeah touch <laughs> you know of course um, on skis no poles five, five on five and you guys are going to go for half an hour yeah. and it just kind of does a little of everything for him yeah 
Yeah, I, I sometimes I skate. We live down a ranch place, so we skate ski along those trails. Yeah. And I notice that that helps my skiing, you know, my downhill skiing. Oh, yeah. Go back to it. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm not a, a great endurance athlete, but I can go with somebody who's a great endurance athlete on Nordic skis, and if they're not a great Nordic skier, yeah. I, I, can I can easily yeah. keep yeah. up or go faster yeah. because of the efficiency of that yeah. of using the ski using the ski and yeah. the energy from that no yeah. problem so I always feel better when I go Nordic skiing yeah. Yeah. if I go running I, I don't feel good so what's your favorite like say you're skiing groomers do you, what's your favorite sort of ski do you like do you like a GS ski still? Because that was sort of your discipline. No, you, I mean, do you like a here in Utah? Yeah, yeah what, here yeah. in Utah, no. Um, what do you like? I have, uh, so I'm a, I'm a vocal athlete. Yep. Um, so um, I have all vo- vocals. I have, um, they made a ski a couple of years ago called, go called the RTM. Yep. So I have an RTM 81, mm-hmm. and now I have a, a Deacon Master. Yeah, I got that one. Yeah. I got the 72. Mine's 76. Yeah. And I like that somewhere around 80, 80 millimeter wide. Yep. Give or take a couple of mil- millimeters. Um, and is that because the snow is a bit softer? It's and too soft. Yeah, yeah. If I take you, a, a, if you take a 70, ski, you I boot just out? boot out everywhere. So okay. I, can't, I can't lay it over. Yeah, yeah. So like an 80 wide... And if it's really soft, I, I actually don't mind like an 85, 90 wide. Yeah, like your kendos, you, yeah, kendo, yeah, you can, yeah. 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 Um, but for the most part, you know, as long as it hasn't snowed a bunch in the last three days, then... That's 76. That's 76 to 82. Yeah. I can lay it over, but it, and but it, and the side cut is probably like 19, 18, 19 yeah. meters. Yeah, nice, right, like yeah. you've... One, yeah, 180-ish long. Yeah, you're not taking up the whole run. And you, well, yeah, yeah. Part, that's part of the problem, yeah. too, is yeah. that, you know, There's I don't want to people. freak people out. Yeah. So if nobody was on the trail, I, I would probably ski 190. Yeah, And I'd 25. ski 60 miles an hour yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. 25-meter radius, yeah. With people, or if I'm skiing with people. Yeah. 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 You've got to get your thrills in a yeah, shorter space. Yeah, I can get space. that feeling. Yeah. I can get the feeling I want without... Going, you know, I can go. Hey, would you now. would you take the rocker out of those Deacon Masters if you could, or do you like? I mean, them? I'd like to try. Would try it. Yeah. I mean, I. That's that was my only complaint with that one. It just felt like it got a little static. Well, they're making skis for the masses. Yeah. You know? And yeah. We, what we're talking about is the top couple percent yeah. of all skiers mm-hmm. who f- are feeling what we're talking about, mm-hmm. and. So camber ski, we're gonna feel more energy, yeah. be able to control it. But the other ninety-five to ninety-nine percent of people find it easier when there's that early rocker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the yeah. same thing they took out on their kendo. They used to have more tetanol mm-hmm. in it, so I could just yeah, that's rail GS turns on those. I know. And then they took it all out, and you can't really. And I can't anymore. Yeah. I mean, I can still do it if the snow soft. But I understand what they're doing because they're making a ski that's really the, the, easy. The, who's buying it mostly, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, which I get. Was that that like when they had the Japanese graphics? Do you remember? And, and just after that. And just after, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my favorite one because it only had tip rocker. didn't have tail rocker. And I can remember skiing that at Revelstoke. And they've got some really long groomers down. Yeah, and, oh my God. Oh, man, I couldn't yeah. believe it, yeah, it could, worked that well. 
felt uh, so good making GS turns on those, and then they were really versatile. I call you know it was really my that was like my Iceman ski. Yeah. I called it my corporate outing ski <laughs> because I could do anything on it. You know, I could, yeah. I could you know, you could show off and do it. Yeah, I could do a hip on the snow turn. And, yeah, I could yeah. do that, and I could get into powder, get in whatever I wanted. So, um, so I still actually have those for those days, but. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 I wish I didn't sell mine. I should have kept them. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much, like, for just taking a, an hour out of your time oh, yeah, to, man, like, I love chat. It. I was, yeah, yeah, it's just good because some people can't I'm articulate it. George, you know, shoots like, me a text, I'm in. Yeah, well, you just, you just articulate things really well, and you've obviously thought about it. And, like, because I can imagine there are people that they leave that to others to figure out yeah or I'll tell you I mean who who was even who was even more sciencey nerdy yeah or, yeah or just just kept going with that stuff was was Bodie yeah he's very very knowledgeable with equipment he's like a savant really on, on certain levels yeah um, can you give an example of like how like where you saw that or um well you know he's on, he's on the full tilt boot now yeah and to me, I'm like, what? Yeah. You know? But then yeah. he talks about it, and he talks about like where the energy, like, where is the energy coming from? Where's it going to? And he just he he really gets it. You know, he actually created the. You know, it's funny because we were both innovators. So yeah. like, I actually was the very first person in skiing to double stack because I understood the leverage point. Double stack. Yeah. So basically, we had our. At the time, it was called a derby flex, but so we had a, a plate, yeah. And then I actually put a, another set of, pl- uh, of lifters on top of the plate. Yep. Everyone was just on the plate. Yep. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm booting. I'm still booting out. Yeah. Give if me I, more if height. If I get higher up, I'm gonna have more leverage and not yep. boot out. So I, 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 I did that. And, yep. And that week, okay. literally, I was only 19, but just started crushing races. Huh. And everybody saw it and did it, and then they created the the height limit. So okay. everyone's always on the height limit. Okay. But, but basically, I I added an extra like 15 millimeters of lift. Wow. Before anybody did it. Yeah. And Bodie was still a teenager, and he like had a fight with his coach because he wanted to double Do it. stack, yeah. and his coach wouldn't let him, and then he went and did it anyway. Yeah. So he so like he and I had this like. At the time. What's that? There was no regulation on stacking. No regulation. Yeah. No. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could so stack. you're the reason for it. <laughs> now I'm the reason for So, do you, you know, it's fun. Yeah, just side tangent on that. Also, like, I, I've, I've talked to the guy, the inventor of the, the parabolic ski. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's. Alan or K2? Yeah, Alan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I Stemark mean, was basically the first. Like, I don't think people knew that he was on. Shape skis. A shape ski. Yeah. Nobody right. knows that. Yeah. And I don't, I can't even confirm it, but I heard that basically Stenmark had, like, was on shape skis. Yeah. No, they, I mean, he was like one of the, he was on a lawn. He just like, asked him to make it. On, and so he yeah. had his own skis just made with huh. shape. But this guy, he was like, if you want to feel like what real carving is like, just put a shitload of lifters on your binding, go really high. He's mm-hmm. like, you will not slip out. Yeah. You will just mm-hmm. rail and... So it's interesting, yeah. 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 Did but you ever try that really, like more than double stack? No, no okay. because it also became... Dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Bodhi came up with a lot of stuff. 
and I think a lot more that I don't even know about, you know, because yeah. a lot of the What stuff did he is, do with his boots? Did he do weird Well, he stuff? actually was the one that showed Oh, he did me the, the, the Maliolas punch. Yeah. Okay. So he yeah. showed me the punch. Um, yeah. You know, he had a lot of different stuff going on. And so I heard he used, to, he used to tear apart his liners. Is that true? Like, did he used to cut out a lot of, cut some material out of liners? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I would do it too, but only on like a hot spot. So yep. I would actually cut the, instead of grinding the boot, I'd actually just cut take, the a, liner. take a, a, a razor, cut the liner, and then so it's just like... Took crack. the pressure off. Yeah. Took yeah. the pressure off. What yeah. size show are you skiing in now? 26.5. Still 26.5. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, <laughs> I, and so, and the way I ski it is out of the box. Yeah. I, I don't know. do anything. anything. No way. I don't way. grind, I don't punch, I don't can't. I literally just put uh, yeah. three mil lifter on and go. Yeah. But your foot's pretty rigid, right? Yeah. It's pretty, like, like it doesn't flatten out if you're not. No, it's, yeah. I have a pretty big arch. And and also my footbeds are just stock, like, It's whatever. just whatever's in the boot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I yeah. wouldn't mind getting a, another pair of footbeds made. And also I'd like to grind out my toe box because my, my toes are starting to punch. So there you have it, the Eric Schlopey chat. I think this is one of the most interesting conversations I've had with a skier in a long time. I mean, Eric just delves so deep into all aspects of his skiing and has a wealth of knowledge. I mean, some of my favorite takeaways were the importance of drills and what drills Schlopey thought were the most important ones. And it was fascinating to find out that uh, people had taken his drill into a different sort of uh, meaning and the meaning was lost. So I think that's a, a really cool thing. I was stoked also personally to realize the importance of extension in turns and how critical that is as you start building higher edge angles and dealing with more forces. And I think it was fascinating that he really, this this kind of light bulb went off when he was doing tuck turns on much easier terrain. So he sort of isolated that feeling down in the legs. And so I think that's a really good uh, piece of advice is just like often people are always skiing on too difficult terrain and it's hard to sort of feel what's going on. So if you can take some elements out of the way so you really just get some information into your brain on some key areas that can really lead to a breakthrough. Thanks very much for tuning in to another episode of the Big Picture Skiing podcast. I just want to do a little plug for myself again. If you're interested, please go over and check out bigpictureskiing.com where I put tons of videos, analysis, webinars, all sorts of stuff on there. If you're really into your skiing, I guarantee you're going to find something that's going to help take your skiing to the next level. Until next time, thanks. Some of you may already know that I've been advising Carve and working with the team for some time now. And this year, the team has come up with probably some of the most exciting developments to date. They've been working on representing the most fun parts of skiing in their system. They've developed three brand new metrics, progressive edging, early weight transfer, and one that measures the G-force in a turn. And that one, I have to say, I got to try it out this winter in Australia, and that is really fun. This new addition is going to be incredible for anyone who's looking to really push their skiing up a notch. Now, what's even more interesting for this year is the system now detects what terrain you're on and pulls that into your ski IQ score. This is a huge change and a great upgrade because sometimes it would only really score well if you were skiing on perfectly groomed snow. 
Now it's going to accommodate and adjust whether you're skiing in steeper slopes, more chopped up snow or firmer snow. So this is a very big change that I think is massive kudos to the team to keep pushing and progressing the app even further. If you're the kind of skier that is looking for a tool to help push your technique that little bit further, then you should definitely check out what Carve can do. Use the code GELLY15, that's G-E-L-L-I-E-1-5, to get 15% off for the next two weeks.